0: Chapter Eleven of All the World by Charles Monroe Sheldon. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by de Chapter Eleven. Chaplain Willis Hunter had just come in from one of his great crusades for federation of the churches, and was taking dinner with Doctor and Mrs. Ward on his way to another campaign, covering a dozen states and over fifty cities and towns. After dinner, he went into the study. I've had the time of my life. It goes without saying town after town has come into the federated plan denominationalism as such has lost its hold the imagination of the present-day christian is fired by the thought of the one leadership see what we gained by federating our forces at the village of colfax union of a baptist and presbyterian church one federation saves paying two pastors and keeping two church buildings when one is sufficient it makes the public more willing to aid Two. The congregation being more than doubled, there is more enthusiasm and will to work. 3. It has silenced the criticism that churches are competing instead of cooperating. 4. The economic and fraternal features of federation appeal to the public and bring into line people who did not patronize either church before. The new plan has met a real need in the community and the people respond accordingly. We combine the leadership to the advantage of both the church and the community since the federation of the two churches the union church has been the dynamic centre of the village and has been the leader in all movements for community betterment this is a well-known fact in the community from federal council report and look here brother ward hunter went on with boundless enthusiasm on to this last campaign the committee on the united church of the united states sent me to my own town of bayview with its seven different denominations You remember the situation there right after the war was so impossible that I did not feel able to go on with my work there. Well, you never saw such a miracle of grace as the one at Bayview. Seven churches—Baptist, Congregational, Methodist, Presbyterian, United Presbyterian, Christian, and Lutheran—have formed a united body, and the results are even more splendid than we dare to dream. As I said before, there is no difficulty over denominational questions. Two Baptists are as apt to fall out with one another as are a Baptist and an Episcopalian. I have learned this also, that no church has a monopoly of good Christians. There are as many good workers from one as from another. Among our Sunday school teachers are Baptists, Episcopalians, Methodists, Lutherans, Presbyterians, and Congregationalists, and from their work no one could tell which was which. Denominational lines seem to be almost entirely forgotten, though there are several who retain connection with their denominational church and help in its support. I think it would be impossible for one to belong to this church for any length of time and retain any denominational prejudice. It is very seldom that one refuses to join the church on the ground that the church is a union church, though we have a few, an increasingly small number, who work on the church but do not join it. If anyone had told me six months ago that a union could actually be made, I would have refused to believe it. Today I see it with my own eyes. More than that, Dr. Ward, Hunter went on pacing along the strip of worn rug and wearing its path deeper with its energetic stride. The drive for money is coming on far beyond all expectations. Under the Federal Council and the United Missionary Committee of all the denominations we have, as you know, set the amount for the first drive at a hundred million dollars, and it is going over the top with a bound. Look here. Hunter excitedly pulled out a bunch of official documents and opened them on Ward's desk. The tabulated lists of amounts already pledged were over eighty million dollars, and the canvass of the states had only just begun. We can redeem the world, now we are united Christendom. There is money enough in the hands of church members alone to do it. All the big businessmen demand is a showing of the need and the results. That last letter you had published from Underwood in North China brought a contribution of a hundred thousand dollars from one man. Diggs' letters from Palestine, printed in New York, have netted thousands of dollars if we can only make the moneyed men of america see this war for christ as big an issue as the war for human freedom we shall get all the money we can spend that is what we must make them see we must make good all along the line our only embarrassment right now is the crowd of volunteers the american college as you know is so full it can't hold another volunteer we've got to bid colleges and half a dozen centers and did i tell you Long and Browning of Washington have promised the money for plans, and the firm of Andrews in Chicago will subscribe half a million to start the first buildings. Oh, it's a great time to live, but I've talked myself out. Give me some letters from the boys out on the field. That's what I want to take with me on this campaign. I don't have to do a thing to get money, but tell the audience what the boys and their wives are doing over there, all over the world. I have one here from Bert that just came in this morning, said Dr. Ward. He and Esther are having a very remarkable experience in the province of Sonora. Let me read the most important part. It reads like the wildest romance. And yet I know there is nothing, not even in war, to equal some of the experiences of the missionaries. He says, Two weeks ago I went up to Barrow again "'in search of Alamara's family, "'and I found his wife and children "'working in a copper mine at Talatecas. "'After this, don't tell me anything "'about fiction being stranger than truth. "'It couldn't be. "'I got them out and brought them down to Alamos, "'and Kadina, that's her name, is working in our house.' she makes a wonderful nurse for albert richard chandler who i need not tell you is the best baby ever born in mexico our congregations continue to overflow our building the committee is sending us more teachers we have quite a colony here now over seven of us and the whole district is becoming civilized there is a lot of adventure here it beats chateau Thierry a mile i have to superintend the farm the hospital just finished the coffee house the school and the printing plant for the young men It's a man's job, and it looks like it would last as long as I do, for the ignorance and degradation are past belief. But then so is the power of the gospel to transform. I enclose picture of Cadena and Albert Richard. We are a happy family. Bert. And here is one from Underwood's wife. It is part of the tragedy of service in all the world. Robert passed away last Tuesday. The scourge of Typhus following the great floods and his enormous labors for the district caught him and two of our best teachers his body lies in the mission compound burial place and his pupils bring flowers to it daily he fell in battle facing forward and here is a bunch of letters from turkey and the east mohammedanism is beginning to yield to christianity under the allied rule in turkey the great college on the bosphorus forms with musulman born students in the balkans bulgaria is gradually regaining her faith in god which she lost in her mad scramble to out german germany the mission stations in Romania, serbia albania russia all report marvellous triumphs of the gospel a new day is dawning for all the world thanks to united protestantism and the response of our youth to the greatest adventure of the ages three months later when hunter had finished his tour and while he was again in the familiar little study now famous for its great counsels dr ward was called to his telephone by long distance it was Requa. she was calmly saying dr ward father has had another stroke the doctor says it will probably be the last can you come? He asked for you. And will you bring a flag? He asked for that. Ward turned to Hunter, giving him the message. Hunter was greatly moved. Dr. Ward took up the instrument again. Chaplain Hunter is here in the study. Can you listen to him just a word? Requa gave eager assent. Hunter expressed his deep sympathy and asked if he might come with Dr. Ward. Rekwa gave a tearful and grateful affirmative. And so at the last moment there in the prison hospital two of her best friends stood with her by the side of rufus randall as his spirit departed he had made known to requa who understood his slightest motion that he wanted the flag of his country put on his breast and as he was not able to move his hands she placed them over the folds of the banner with a look on his features that none of them will ever forget the dying man by what seemed a last exercise of his old tremendous will moved his fingers pressing the flag close up to his body in a gesture that was eloquent of loyalty. He made no other expression. And into the presence of him who alone judges aright the sons of men, Rufus Randall's soul passed, leaving behind at least one faithful being who had given unstintedly of human affection at terrible cost of suffering. Requa was uplifted by the presence of the men who had known her sacrifice and understood it. The body was brought to Bradford, "'It was a very humble and quiet service "'that marked the funeral of the richest man in the town. "'And after it was all over "'and the necessary business of Rufus Randall "'had been attended to, "'Requa announced her intention "'to go at once to Palestine to join Dick. "'Chaplain Hunter had an agreeable surprise for her. "'He had stayed on in Bradford "'to perfect plans for another campaign "'in the Federation crusade, "'but a few days after Rufus Randall's death "'he came into the wards while Requa was there "'and read a letter he had just received "'from the Red Cross headquarters at Washington.' "'They want me to head the new commission going over to superintend the Great Reclamation Works in the Esther Lawn Valley. "'It is providential. I have just wired that I will be ready to go at once. "'There is a special section of trained nurses, agriculturalists, and mechanics going over. "'Requa, will you go with us? And maybe I may have the honour and pleasure of serving you and Dick over there.'" Requa did not blush at the thought of her coming marriage to the man whose suffering with hers had deepened the true love they both felt but a tear of profoundest thanksgiving to a good god fell over her cheek as she turned to chaplain hunter with silent gratitude one month later dick was in jerusalem as the train came in from jaffa with the red cross commission hunter managed to get between the crowd and dick and Requa when they met and his big bulk interposed in the confusion of the unloading and the train between them and the mob on the platform dick said afterward that it was all unnecessary as he saw no crowd only a girl who came to him and put her arms round his neck as if she also was conscious of only one person in Jerusalem or all the world. Next day in the American church they were married, Chaplain Hunter performing the service, a little company of Dick's associates and personal friends present. They had a simple evening meal at the Red Cross headquarters, and then the friends, one after another, went away. Dick said to Requa as they went out, walking through the Via Sacra and out towards the open Stevens Gate, "'Dearest, do you know where I would like to go for our wedding journey "'before we come back to our room?' "'Wherever it is, dearest Dick, I will go with you anywhere into all the world.' "'Then let us go out to Bethany. "'Here is the road where he walks so often. "'I have been out here often, and facing Bethany, on that hill over there perhaps, "'he parted from his disciples. Shall we go?' "'They went along the white road hand in hand like two children. "'And when they had reached the little hill facing Bethany, now restored into a beautiful village, they sat down. There was much for them to say to one another. The troubles and sorrows and experiences through which they had passed had ripened and enriched their lives. The wonderful triumphs of the cross in all lands were in their hearts. The gracious goodness of God was trembling with human happiness, and the hour was precious with coming joy. But as they sat there in the peaceful twilight, they were silent, awed by the presence that seemed to be still living out there toward Bethany. And as later the electric lights along the white road began to come softly out, reminding them in bewildering thought of the new holy land made so by a Christian America in Great Britain and France, redeeming the desolation of the old Palestine, and making it a land free from violence and cruelty, with the gates of the city not shut at night, the same thought seemed to come to each of them. Requa's head was on Dick's shoulder, his arm, his left arm, around her, as he whispered, what would jesus think of this new jerusalem of this transformed bethany how would he enjoy to go out to bethany with his disciples now he is dick he must be seeing all the triumphs of his gospel now the oneness of his disciples for whom he prayed the new palestine which he so dearly loved i am sure he does whispered dick and his gospel will redeem all nations Over on Calvary, the great cross erected by the allied nations began to glow. It lifted up its radiance against the sky like a living thing, and Dick and Requa gazed upon it in odd silence. And then in the silence they seemed to hear that voice which once spoke within sound of where they sat, giving out the great commission, which was to construct a new world for the nations. Go ye into all the world, and make disciples of the nations. And, lo, I am with you alway, even unto the end of the ages. The End End of Chapter 11 End of All the World by Charles Monroe Sheldon Thank you for listening.